Welcome to the Dawning Bliss Podcast, where we help humans on their path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. And now, here is your host, Tanika Dawn, life coach and NLP practitioner. It is our second season, second episode. I am so excited to bring this one to you today because it is near and dear to me. We are going to talk about how to thrive, not just survive, having ADHD. As most of you know, if you know me at all, I have struggled with ADHD my whole life and wasn't actually diagnosed until I was in my early 20s. I figured out kind of how to make it work for me, mostly in effective ways, but some effective. Today, I get the pleasure of bringing on a guest, Peggy Trusty, who speaks specifically on how to thrive with ADHD. Peggy has more than 20 years of experience in education, communication, leadership, and spiritual care. She's an author, certified coach, keynote speaker, chaplain, and entrepreneur. She uses her personal story to advocate for growth and change, overcoming insurmountable obstacles. Peggy strongly believes that each person has the ability to overcome and reach their fullest potential with proper introspection, motivation, community, and resources. I butchered that. Forgive me. But everybody, please <laughs> welcome Peggy Trustee. I am so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you really like talk about how we can live better lives having ADHD. What are your kind of key notes or principles for that? Let's dig in. My biggest thing with having ADHD is is being able to be gentle with yourself, um, being able to make mistakes and be okay with it, being able to butcher somebody's intro and saying, hey, it's okay that I did that. You know, it happens, life happens, people make mistakes, and we can continue to move forward and be okay with those things. Yeah. Um, to, to, to me, one of the most important things is just being able to understand yourself and recognize that you weren't purposed, even created to fit into this box that society has for us. And since I wasn't purposed to do it, I'm not going to do it correctly. And that's OK. Yeah, I love that. I, I just say I'm human, right? Because I think that no matter yeah. what the label is or whether we have a diagnosis of some sort or not, we are all built so uniquely that that there is no there is no real box and i think i want to crush that misperception that society has that there is a box right that it has to be black or white i feel like we are all living in our own gray area and actually i'm working on a book right now and i think i'm retitling it because i've got a working title now but i think i'm retitling it to to be you know choose your own adventure because we often right we do we try so hard to fit into what we think society wants us to be. Um, yes. But the reality is, is like we suffer a lot doing that when what society's picture of perfect is doesn't work for our picture of our reality. And so mm-hmm. I think being flexible in that, right? And having ADHD, we are really flexible people. Some people would say it's even a superpower, right? Yes. Because I have the ability to jump ship really quickly and be into a new a new folder a new subject a new task without it really jarring you know my mental well-being yes. mm-hmm. so you found that discovering and focusing on our strengths really helps can you talk oh, yeah. to me about that a little bit 
Sure. Well, okay. So I never really, okay. Six months ago, I never talked about having ADHD. Okay. I just wanted to keep it a secret. I didn't want anyone to know at all. Mm-hmm. And I saw the TikTok video of this guy move, you know, creating these great projects and doing all these creative things. And in this little TikTok video, it said he did that because he had ADHD. And it dawned on me because I do the same thing. Okay. I've got all kinds of books. I always have different projects going. And in my mind, I'm wondering why is it that no one else in the world can do this? But I learned that it was because of my ADHD. It was the first time it dawned on me that there could be, and it even feels weird still now saying it, that there could be something great about having ADHD. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm extremely creative, so I I can write. You know, my boss will come to me and he'll say, Peggy, um, I'm doing an event and I really need a poem. I can have a poem for him in an hour that's beautiful and has people in the standing ovation but it's my it's because i have adhd and so now when i think about my adhd experience i can say wow even though my childhood was rough i was diagnosed when i was two even though my childhood was rough it has blossomed into this beautiful thing that not only is beautiful to me but is beautiful to so many other people yeah and that has really given me an awesome strength i really I really like that you you said something that I don't think very many people talk about, and I hope it's okay that I address this, right? So as a coach, uh, right, and you're a certified coach too, I love this, that we get to to kind of sit here and riff. Um, as a coach, I, I noticed you said something about, I didn't want other people to know, and it sounds like that's a big like shame factor. Now, I've never been shameful, really, that I had ADHD. Um, until and and not entirely okay i'm going to chunk this down a little bit but until i met my husband my husband is a very analytical engineer direct path you know kind of thinking person where i'm just all over the place <laughs> and and he 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 works with me really well like we we can communicate ex- exceptionally well considering but sometimes I feel apologetic and a little bit shameful that my brain doesn't work the way his does, right? Yes. Like we don't have real problems with it, thank God, um, because maybe I'm able to, you know, because of the ADHD, I'm able to meet him where he's at almost all the time. Mm-hmm. But I do feel bad for him and I do carry a tiny bit of shame there. But it sounds like you have a much bigger shame experience with having ADHD. Will you talk about that? Um, yeah, yeah. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was two. Yeah. Um, I was, um, okay, so it's kind of been like a lifelong talked- label for you. Oh my gosh. A lifelong. And it's not, I, you know, I don't, I haven't even told this story publicly yet. So um, this is my first time, but I was, um, my mother was in the kitchen and she heard something hit the wall. And then she heard me laugh and she was trying to figure out what was wrong. And she heard it again and she ran out there and she literally saw me run into a wall, fall down and laugh. And so my mother was absolutely devastated. She didn't know what was wrong with her baby. And so, of course, the next day she takes me to the doctor and says, listen, this is what my kid is doing. And so the doctor did, um, you know, assessed my diet and things like that. And they realized, okay, I have ADHD. And so being diagnosed so early, my mother felt, and you know, even other family members, they felt, okay, we want to make sure Peggy is normal or like everybody else. So every single thing I did that was different or strange, it was, you have ADHD, you need to stop, you don't want anybody to know. (laughs) And so I carried this with me my entire life. 
And so when I got to be a teenager, you know, it was just, okay, I don't want anybody to know. When I go into a room, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to watch the room to make sure that I don't do anything strange so anyone can figure it out. And I pretty much lived like that my entire life. That's so so funny. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So like vice versa though, here, here's where my head is at right now. I'm like, I wish, I wish I would have been diagnosed early because it would have been like a permission slip to be different. Right. Like I would have had a permission slip, an excuse to be different. And that would be okay. I didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just different. Right. I was the wild one. I was, you know, out of control. I was too much. Um, I, I couldn't focus and get good grades in school. Um, and so like when you're saying this to me, I'm like, God, I wish I would have had that, like that excuse, that permission slip to be different. Um, right. And this is my adult brain saying that I'm not sure how my, um, youth (laughs) brain would have received it. (laughs) Right. But at least I would have had a reason to be different instead of just being different and not knowing why. Well, the, the difference or, um, and I'll say the difference is that, um, trying to control my behavior, my parents were very strict in the discipline area. So it made, um, you know, that was back when people got spankings a lot. So I got a lot of spankings a whole bunch. (laughs) And so I had to live with that. You know, I mean, there was one period of my life. I was getting spankings like three times a day. They were just trying to get me in order. And so it was. It wasn't something to enjoy. <laughs> you know, they were they were trying to to whoop you into uh, normalcy. Yes, exactly. And and one thing that I've learned, and, and this is only recently because I have never even researched it or thought about it at all until just recently. But one thing I learned is that I wasn't trying to be bad. You know, I was trying so hard to be good and I just couldn't do or remember to do the things that they wanted me to do. And so here I am getting disciplined for trying my best. And so in that, that takes my self-worth down. That takes, you know, I'm feeling bad because I can't be good. And then you're also carrying this shame that you're different, right? You have this label that you are different. And in a world that we want right? Like our brains say we want to fit in regardless of what our adult brains think, right? I'm at this point where I just want to stand out, but our, our brains want to fit in, right? Like biologically, our brains are built to fit in for survival or, or fit in, be accepted um, for survival purposes. Mm -hmm. So you're struggling with one being like, I don't, I keep wanting to say beat into normalcy. That's not quite true. Punished into normalcy. Um, And then also dealing with this, like being punished for doing your best, even though it's still not right. adequate, right? From their exactly. perspective mm-hmm. and being different. Like that's a lot of shame to carry for a whole life. I can imagine how low your self-esteem was. Yeah. It, it, it was rough. It was really, but yeah. it, it, my adult brain at this point is, is glad to be different. And yes. the thing is, I'm just getting to that point though. I'm just, you know, at first I was like, I was looking around like, okay, why can't everybody do the same thing? I'm, I'm not, but now I get it. It's the ADHD. This is the gift of having yes. ADHD and it's awesome. Absolutely so I don't want to age you, but I really want my listeners <laughs> to hear this. Okay. Um, it is not entirely ADHD related, but I think it matters because of what you just said. So I'm not going to age you, but, but I want you to tell me yes or no. Are you between 35 and 55? Yes. Yes. Okay. So 
Brene Brown calls it a midlife awakening, not a midlife crisis. And 99% of my clients are in this age group. In fact, some of them are even a little bit older than that. And what we're figuring out, what I've been seeing is that when we reach this midlife awakening, right, we, we start to shed these things we used to care about, these labels and perspectives of who we used to be or who we were supposed to be. And we start being who we were really meant to be. And, and I'm like, I don't know that this has anything to do, no offense, anything to do with like, oh, this discovery of ADHD is okay. It's okay to be different. I think you're, you know, you're experiencing a little bit of a midlife awakening, which is perfect because the world needs to hear what you've always had to say, but not had your voice to say it yet. So congratulations on stepping into your midlife awakening woman. That feels good. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I loved that. I mean, I mean, I tell people I had mine at like 28. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. There may be another one ahead of me. Uh, God willing, I come somewhere close to who I am now because I really like me. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, um, it's nice to be able to say that. You to know, be able to say I really like me. Yeah. It's taken a lot of years of really hard work and consistent practice of refining the parts of me I don't like while also accepting them simultaneously, right? Like <laughs> accepting that I have ADHD and I don't like it, accepting that I am different um, and and that it's really hard, right? Like some things work for me that don't work for other people. And yeah. I've I've been <clears throat> very careful to say this, but I think um, I'm going to out myself here. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't out myself publicly. So here we go. Thanks, okay. Peggy. Um, uh-huh. I was just, I was just telling Peggy prior to beginning the recording um, that I'm a smoker and I have ADHD and I was just reading the benefits of nicotine and how, you know, no different than going and getting on an ADHD medication. Smoking is self-medicating and has nicotine has significant benefits for the ADHD mind. Now, of course, everyone around me, including myself, knows the, ben- the, the, you know, really unhealthy, um, aspects of being a smoker. And I have a lot of shame around it. This is why this is the first time I'm publicly speaking about being a smoker. And I don't think hardly anybody that knows me on the public forum knows that I smoke. Um, uh-huh. because it is shameful, right? Here I am a life coach. I study neuroscience and I have this habit that I will tell you when I try to stop. And I have been this. This is why I'm looking, researching right now. Uh, when I try to stop, I literally feel like I'm going crazy. I can't think. Wow. My ra- my thoughts are racing. I can't stay on a subject for even like a second and a half. It's mm-hmm. so bad. Um, and I feel like I'm just completely losing control of my brain. Like I need to be mm-hmm. in a mental institute. Well, what I learned today right, was that nicotine and other stimulants, much like medication, um, they they help your neuroreceptors actually be able to send, receive, store information, focus, etc. And um, I'm trying to remember where the hell I was going with this. Oh, so what I was saying was the shame of, of being, you know, different and unique and what works for somebody else, right? My husband, I think that coffee and nicotine like I, I take in would break him. <laughs> But yeah. it works for me really well. And, and other people don't understand. They're like, you're smart. Why do you smoke? Um, um, because I'm not smart if I'm not smoking. If I'm not getting that nicotine and that stimulation, 
I plummet fast and hard uh-huh. and, and I, I'm not even recognizable to myself. I was journaling about it recently and I said, it's like I'm a monster, right? Like I just uh-huh. don't have like the Hulk. I don't have, uh, the ability to control my, uh, I want to say inhibitions. Um, I just don't have that. I don't have that control. And that's, that's scary when you know yourself really well and you feel out of control with yourself. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I, I, I feel the shame of being different, needing something different that doesn't look normal to the rest of the world. And that is so challenging. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, well, thank you. So tell me this, though. What did you do before you started smoking? I started smoking when I was 14. Wow. So uh, what did I do? I I, I didn't. Um, I don't know. Uh, looking back, right, I was just really energetic. But I come from, you know, a family of smokers. My mom was uh-huh. a smoker. Um, I... Yeah, I come from it. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big leap, right? One, right? ADHD, ADHD people have, um, oh, forgive my memory this morning. I am actively in the process of reducing my nicotine intake. So I'm still a little bit frazzled and don't have what I want to call like my normal thinking capacity or what, what has been normal. Um, our impulse control right? Having ADHD is significantly lowered. Um, and so having that paired with the genetic disposition of, of potentially being a smoker, that higher risk, and then finding the benefits of, of the nicotine, right? And I'm not going to say it's the smoking, it's the nicotine. Um, uh-huh. Those things were just like the perfect concoction for me to become and remain a smoker. Now, there was a set of years, which I haven't quite dug into, Um between 16 when I got pregnant and uh-huh. 20 when I got divorced that I was not a smoker, right? I, I stopped smoking. I stopped all nicotine use while I was um, pregnant and giving birth. And then uh-huh. when I got divorced again, or when I got divorced, I started smoking again. Um, and I don't know, right? Looking back, I think that mm-hmm. having three kids under three kept my brain so busy that... <laughs> uh, I didn't need any other stimulants because there was plenty of external stimulation all the time, Uh you know, and this is just me thinking out loud as I'm sharing that, but that's enough about me. I want to hear your story (laughs) and how you found success, right? I could talk about where I've found things that work, but I am not promoting smoking. You guys, I am not promoting smoking here. I'm just telling you my ineffective self-medicating and coping mechanisms with ADHD Yes, they've worked for me, but they have other health effects that that I don't promote. So I want to know what you have found works for you. And I think and I think one thing that you're saying is very important is that every single person has something that works for them and they have to be able to discover discover that thing that works for them and then balance that with whatever their values are. So that's really important. So what works for me? Um, I guess I would say the biggest thing that works for me is uh, my. um, I was I was raised in a very religious household, um, and so um, I, I, I I'm able to not say I'm able to pray my way through things. I I, I feel a level of being able to be gentle with myself, even when I mess everything up. 
Um, and that's one reason I think that's really important for other people to adopt. Yeah. Um, this sense of peace or inner peace that can say, okay, I was at work one time and I slipped up and okay, we talked about impulsivity. So, and I like to play around a lot. And I, you know, I was a director of communications at a company and we had, um, a cubicle and I climbed up on my desk and I was playing around. I stood up on my desk and I was throwing paper at a friend and they looked at me like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. I, in my mind, I was just playing around. And when I did that and I saw the look on her face, I said, oh, my gosh, Peggy, what have you done? Sit back down and we're going to pretend this never happened. The idea is to say, OK, I'm OK. I, I, I know what I'm about. Even if other people do not know, <laughs> I know. And I'm yeah. OK. And I can still manage my life and I can still be successful because I can look back and see my track record and I can see I can be OK with this. Yeah. Um, diet is also very big. Being able to manage my diet. You know, I don't you know, I don't um, I don't need any meat. You know, I try not to eat a lot of sugar, but I have this impulse thing that I really like sugar. So I'm working on that. So, a so lot have of you found that your diet's helped? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, all right. I don't. I don't mind my diet hardly at all. I mean, I, I do eat relatively um, healthy, but I definitely eat meat and everything else. Um, I love my carbs, uh, and my sugars, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but have, what have you found, right? Like, was there a time that you did eat meat and it was worse? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't meat. Um, it was red dye. When I was a child, my mother took me off of all red dye. I didn't eat, I couldn't eat certain, anything that was high, that had a lot of high sugar content yeah. or that were, what do we call, um, I'm going to say fake, but manufactured food. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't eat any of that stuff. I couldn't eat any of it. Synthetic um, sugars. Yes. There we go. Synthetic foods. I couldn't eat any of it. And that helped me. So I wasn't running in, in the wall. <laughs> you know, so that helped then when I was a child. Now, as I got older and I learned a little more self-control on my own, then I was able, I still don't do red dye and, and some things, but I learned how to manage a little bit better on my own, but definitely diet helped a lot. So you and learned, it, I mean, the only way I can assume this and, and I'm assuming, so please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is that you you know, you would find yourself eating this thing and then you'd find yourself less able to control your ADHD. And then you were like, oh man, I got to cut this out and see if this is the thing causing it. And then once you cut that out, you, you return to a more manageable plane. Is that right? Exactly. Yes, that is correct. And even now, if, um, too far off or I've been eating too much sugars or all those kind of thing. I can tell that, all right, okay, I'm talking a little bit too fast. My thoughts are racing a little bit too much. I feel like I, you know, I'm itching. You know, I, I got, I'm tired of holding still. I can't hold still for very long. So I said, okay, I need to. I assume back. with what you've just shared that you are not a, a caffeine person. No, I don't. We'll see what I learned. Caffeine makes me sleepy. Interesting. Yeah, it, it makes me it makes me sleepy. My son also has ADHD, and in order for us to calm down, we'll drink that. You know, my sons it, also have ADHD, yeah. um, and my daughter, and and it's been really interesting to work with them. I I hoped right, and, and it's kind of sad, but I hoped that not treating it um, mm. in a medical fashion would actually allow them to do what I've done and just figure it out. Granted, that was hard for me. It was really hard for mm-hmm. me to figure it out, but I did it. So I hoped my kids could too. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that wasn't the case. My kids were really struggling and my son came to me and said, Mom, I really want to try some medicine. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we did end up putting him on a medicine and actually both of my boys are now on medicines. Um, but it, it has helped a lot. It has been really sad to watch them go through the different experiences. Um, cause both of them are, they're both a little bit different, right? They're different kids. Mm-hmm. They have different needs. Um, but we, we actually both, uh, both my son and I, and I think my older one would too, but my son and I, both like coffee for in the morning, in the middle of the day. Um, mm-hmm. but we can actually fall asleep with a cup on our nightstand also. And so it's really weird how it just, <laughs> how right it can be the stimulant when we need it, but it's also enough of it. Like I can literally every night I'd have a cup of coffee before I go to bed and people are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. It just works. Yeah. yeah. It, for, for me, it's like for some reason it levels us all out. To yeah. me, it just because I'm already ah! so the caffeine is like it just gives me the right yeah. kind of about. I'll yeah, that, right that's the equivalent to the stimulant of yeah. of any um ADHD medication, right? If if yeah. if you need mm-hmm. a stimulant, other people don't need a stimulant, right? Some people actually need a suppressor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about it. I was always anti medications, but now that mm-hmm. I have had to cross into that world for my children. I, I'm really intrigued by it and, mm-hmm. and I've seen great results from my kids. And have you ever tried medicines or is this? Um, my mother put me on medication when I was, I think about seven or eight and I was on it for a little while, but she didn't like me on it because I was just a zombie, she said. And yeah. mind you, this was a good bit of time ago. <laughs> I was really but, worried about that with my kids. Um, and, yeah. and neither of them are zombies. In mm. fact, but this they is do the sound. Go ahead. What? I was going to say the medications have changed now. Things oh, are yeah. a lot better than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, my son started his ADHD medicine at the same time that he was on hydrocodone for a surgery. He had he had a skiing accident, had a pin put in, and uh-huh. um, he and I I hated it. The first two days, I cried every chance oh I was God. alone because I was like, oh my God, my kid is a ghost of himself. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I talked to the doctor about it and he said, I bet that's the hydrocodone, not the ADHD uh, meds. Give it a couple cool. of days of him doing the ADHD without the hydrocodone and see what happens. And of course, as soon as he was off the hydrocodones for the pain management, he completely returned to almost normal. In fact, I found myself and please God forgive me. If you're a real mom, you'll know this is meant well, but there were days where like he took his meds as we were out the door, right? Not earlier in the morning, but on their way out the door. And I was like, God, could those medicines please just kick in already? Because he was just being, you know, so extra. And, yes. and as you know, <laughs> That can be really hard to deal with as a mom. Um, mm-hmm. even if we, you know, I love him. I never want to dull his shine, so to speak, right? I just love his personality and that it is so extra. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm really thankful that there's something yeah. that can just tone him down a little bit and create less tornado in, in yeah. the family. Yes. At least for that kid specifically. All, all three of mine are so different. Yeah, yeah, and and the medication will affect people affect people different. You have to figure out the levels and make sure it's the right thing for a particular child. Uh, and mm-hmm. same, my own my own son had to be on ADHD ADHD medication, and it helped sometimes. Um, we and he didn't stay on it. Um, he was on it maybe for a couple of years, um, but it would it would make him sleepy, um, and then 
it would it made him lose a lot of weight. Oh yeah. Um, so, My so sister there were other struggles with that. Yeah. So um he was on it for a while. I mean now he's doing he's doing fine, but I mean he's a man now. So um you know it it's a struggle, especially as a parent, trying to figure things out for your children because you don't want them to experience the pains you experienced growing up. Yeah. yeah. And then you're watching them live their lives and you want the very best for them and you just have to figure it out. The push in the pool. And then yes. yeah, they're like you said, tornado through the house. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what do I Yeah. Do? So let's talk about that for a minute. Cause I really like a lot of what you speak on is, is, is a term that I like to call grace right? Grace for yourself, grace for those around us. I think that there's an important message here for our audience that is about grace for our children who struggle with ADHD, right? And and grace for those who even don't, but are living with us with ADHD, right? Because there's, there's two sides of that coin. One, right? Like I said, my husband, right? He's got a wife and three kids that have ADHD. That's challenging for him because he's so like, Typical, neurotypical, I think is the right word. Um, Mm -hmm. That's challenging for him. So there's a lot of grace for him in not understanding. Um, Mm -hmm. And he gives a lot of grace to me and the kids. And then I have a lot of grace. Like I was just saying, like some days it pushes its limits, but I have a lot of grace for my children and, Mm -hmm. and, and their inability to, to sit and focus and do and, one thing I learned, and I and I, I hope it helped, or at least it, it seemed as though it did, we did a lot of focus and memory games with the children early on because I knew that they had ADHD, right? It was so clear to see in their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of focus games, and we would play these games with candy where, you know, I'd line up M&Ms in color-coded fashion, and I would show them for five seconds and I would cover it and then I would uncover it or I would, I would keep it covered and they had their own M&Ms to do, uh, a, to, to mirror it. And what this did was made them focus and be attentive, at least for short periods. And, and that seemed to really help when they were younger. And I haven't tried that again. Maybe I should. Um, it feels <laughs> like they would just be buzzed up on caffeine. So if they got it right, they got to eat one of the candies. Um, so it was a reward for focus. Uh, have you ever tried anything like that with with your kids or with yourself? No, I've I've never tried anything like that. I I wish I had known of something like that. Oh, there no, are so I'm many cool focus games awesome. out there. Wow, no, no, I've never tried anything. I mean, I raised my kids about 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> um, so I don't know if they had those kinds of things back then. Um, no. And they probably didn't, oh. right? I mean, I I was just, I wanted, like I said, my kids to be able to do kind of what I did, but maybe with a little bit of help to, yeah. to be able to live with ADHD without having to treat it in some way to figure it out, like mm-hmm. what worked for them. And clearly, right, that that didn't work. Uh, I wished it mm-hmm. would have. But that was just, it was, it was too hard for my children. It really was too hard. My son kept getting in trouble. Um, and, and part of that was just impulse, impulsivity, right? He was very impulsive and an otherwise really sweet kid kept, (laughs) kept pushing all the buttons. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to find a nice way to say that. What I really want to do. Before we go too much further, I really just want to share some key points of what our audience can do, 
right? Aside from being kind and forgiving to self, how can they thrive? How can they take some of this and put it into an action, right? An actionable form so that this podcast not only helps them feel connected and not alone, right? And all the ways, but it also gives them something to take away and put into practice. So what have you found practice-wise, right? Action-wise that really helps you do what you need to do in this world better? Um, one of the biggest things I love affirmations and being able to write my own affirmations or reading affirmations. One thing is I will post them on the mirror <laughs> or, yes. um, I, you know, or say them. Um, I'm writing a book on affirmations, but affirmations really help being able to affirm myself um, and really um, allow myself to blossom in the positivity. Um, there's that. And then being able to focus on my strengths. Um, what is it that I not just bring to the table, but what is it that I do that has been helpful in the past? And I can continue those things that, that those behaviors. So, you know, like, okay, I mentioned poetry, but you know, the different things that I do that yeah. people appreciate around. Sure. So I call um, those bright spots. Able to do things in the bright spots. Great. Yes. And, right. And so there, there's spots in the past. Those bright- <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to speak over you. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Bright spots. Good. Go ahead. Yeah. So I I help clients all the time with bright spots, finding pieces of our past where whatever it was really worked for us. And why did that work for us? And how can we put that in this new situation or new scenario moving forward? Right. I I love it. I actually read this in a book called Switch. Uh, It's all about people and change. Fantastic book. I cannot tell you the author. Right now, I'm read, I read too many books, but Switch is a fantastic book that talks about bright spots. Um, mm-hmm. For me, um, I found, right, really removing the idea of what it's supposed to look like and allowing it to be what it is, right? There's no black or white. It can be gray area all the time. It can look mm-hmm. like I'm doing laundry for 15 minutes and then I'm doing, you know, rinsing the dishes, but not quite loading the dishwasher. And then I'm sweeping and mopping while I pick up, you know, the stray socks and take them back down to the laundry room. And, and I may look like I'm a Tasmanian devil in my house, but <laughs> the house is eventually gets all of it gets done. Exactly. It works. Um, and so I found like it doesn't have to look like one thing or like those cleaning videos on YouTube, right? It can look like mm-hmm. I'm in 15 rooms in the next hour and that's okay. Yes. Um, right. Whatever works for me. I found that in my business too is I can't, right? I don't like to stay focused on one task for very long. Mm-hmm. So, I will plan multiple tasks. All right, I am doing this task and then I'm doing a very different task and then I'm doing a very different task and I may come back to this task, but I don't put that restraint on myself because I yes. know that that doesn't work for me and I still want the outcome. So I can make it look as zigzaggy as I need to to get there. But if I try to be someone I'm not and try to fit in this this mold, yes. it's not going to happen. I'm not going to achieve the result. I'm going to defeat myself. I'm going to feel inflated or deflated and and mm-hmm. I'm not going to achieve much of anything aside from beating myself up. Right. Definitely. And so practicing grace too. Um, another thing I want to share that has been huge for me is meditation. Uh, now mm-hmm. I'm not a huge frou-frou person. I, I would say I'm like happy medium of frou-frou mm-hmm. or whatever, but meditation does really help. Um, uh-huh. It helps me calm my brain. It helps me reduce thought. I also like to, I call it dumping. 
It's not inappropriate, uh-huh. you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> where I will take a journal and write every thought I have until I run out of thoughts. Um, yeah. And that journal. really helps, uh-huh. especially before bedtime. Uh-huh. So those are some of my key points. Having lived with and worked with ADHD, that's really helped me thrive instead of just survive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation. Oh, definitely. definitely. Is there anything else you want to add to that for our listeners? So oh, well, another thing that I do, uh, another thing that I do is I give myself 10 minute, 10 minute intervals. So like if I'm cleaning my room or I'm working on a project, I'll do it. I'll set my timer for 10 minutes and then I can switch to another thing. Yes. <laughs> so I that love really that. And I because, love racing you know, that- the clock. Oh yeah, it, that that really helps me to be able to focus on something. No, I don't have to focus on it for a very long time, and then I can move to the next thing. And then after ten minutes, if I want to come back to that, I can come back to it. But like you said, eventually it all gets done, you know. Yes. But the way I need to get it done, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So Peggy, I appreciate having you on so much. Where can my listeners and followers find you if they want to come and follow you, or hire you to speak, or grab a book that you're working on? I don't know that you have one yet but you're working on it. So yes, definitely. Um, My website is PeggyTrusty.com and that's P-E-G-G-I trusty T-R-U-S-T-Y.com. And um, my handles are on there for social media. Um, It's just the same thing. Peggy trusty, no, no punctuation or anything like that. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. I am so happy that we got to to, to chat today and hopefully we, you know, normalize some stuff for, for our listeners. I hope we also give them some, some value of what they can do actionably, um, you know, having listened to this and gosh, I hope, you know, once you get your books out and things, um, we get to have you back on and have another conversation of what it looks like to really step into thriving with ADHD yeah. and you know, after your midlife awakening has processed a little bit, I cannot wait to see the woman you become. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Dawning Bliss podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. For more podcasts and personal coaching, please visit us at dawningbliss.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.